0: What's
1: this
0: about? What's this
1: Tao all about? You're listening to What's this Tao all about? Show on taoism in the world Ha, absolutely absolutely <laughs> are, are are we the only one I think so no there's a there's a couple out there oh there's a couple <laughs> out there but it's there's not. I think one guy calls him the drunken Taoist, which sounds, sounds interesting, but I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we should be
0: bringing in wine or something. Yeah, else. we should bring him in here. Yeah, we should
1: do the, yeah, it's the drunk show. When we really run out of ideas. <laughs>
0: the famous Taoist poet, Lee Po, right? Yes. He never wrote a poem without imbibing at the same time.
1: Good, good. <laughs>
0: I do write poetry, but I'm not usually imbibing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, let's see here. On today's show, we're going to talk about a book called The Day of Piglet, and we're going to go over Chapter 25 of the Tao De Ching, and then we're going to have a uh, little exercise that you can uh, work on during the week. Uh, before we get into that, I was doing my research for the show, and I saw a quote from Lao Tzu, which I thought was pretty brilliant just... You know, sometimes you have a whole chapter of the Tao Te Ching and you don't focus so hard on one specific line. But there's one I really liked. It was, um, when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. Mm. And I was just thinking the other day that, you know, I'm 40 years old, 41 years old. And um, I was just thinking to myself, I I am... very frightened of eventually com- becoming the kind of person that is rigid in his mindset, that just kind of thinks like an old man. I'm starting to notice now some friends that I've known for years. Now they're getting older. Now they're getting a little more rigid, or they're like, "Oh, these kids these days," or <laughs> what? i just becoming like old men, and you know, you kind of get stuck in your own patterns, and you get stuck in this with the same interests and the same hobbies. And I, I was just thinking to myself. What if I just blew it all up and I said, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to do anything creative anymore? Never. Not going to write a darn word unless it's for money. No more podcasts. I'm just going to do the exact opposite. I'm just going to think about making money. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it all up and I'm going to try to join the senior tour and play golf in 10 years, right? Mm. Just, I was just thinking that you always have the option to rethink one's patterns in life and, and look at who you might be just by letting go of who you are currently. You know, not that I want to go and become some greedy guy with the money and everything, but I'm just thinking that uh, the options are always open and that we should think about ourselves where we are and say, Am I in a rut? Have I changed my mind about anything of reason? Uh, Am I being born, not busy dying? Uh, You know, so yeah, it was just kind of a. Of course, those who have uh, chosen
0: that option, that material path, as we know, wind up generally quite unsatisfied.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: No matter how much they have, it's never enough. Oh, yeah. Because they're trying to fill a need that has nothing to do with how much you have. Right. It has to do with who you are. Right. What's in your heart? What are your passions? And I always say that probably the most important quality to have, ultimately, in terms of being a being in the world, is imagination, something Mm -hmm. that we poo-poo, Often in Western society, we tell kids, oh, that's just in your imagination. That's not real.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Where actually, imagination is the most important thing we have. Right. Because if you can't imagine something, imagination really means imagery in motion. If you can't imagine something, if you can't envision something, and then put in into put in steps the action to bring that into fruition. There's no progress in the world. Yeah, the there's whole no world creativity stops. in the world. Yeah, everything stops. Everything stagnates, and we know that stagnation leads to death. Right. You know? So, what each person needs to find within their own heart and head, linked together, is their. Imagination. What is your unique gift that you are bringing to this world, mm-hmm. and w- that's your passion, and that becomes your life path, right. if you will. Mm-hmm. Your 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 momentum, your trajectory is built on that, in h- concert with the greater trajectory, which is that of the Tao, mm. which is, of course is always moving.
1: That's right,
0: and it tends to move in cycles. It tends to have ups and downs, right? Yin uh-huh. And young, <laughs> it moves through cycles like a uh, like seasons of a, of a year. There's always a spring. There's always a summer. There's always a fall. There's always a winter. Each one is different, but that pattern is always there. Mm-hmm. And so, if we can find that within ourselves and align that with the Great Dao, all is well. Mm. <laughs> all is well.
1: Well, I, I was uh, I was making the point of making a lot of money more as, as a <laughs> radical departure than something I really want to do. Although, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> well, by doing what you really want to do, well, eventually others will see that and support you, and uh, you'll do um, you'll do fine. That's right. Uh, we know that a Taoist knows when he has enough. But you'll do fine. You also know when you don't have enough.
1: <laughs> That's right. Send all checks to the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Uh, so we're going to get on to a book, The Day of Piglet, because we once talked about the book, The Tao of Pooh, uh, which was written by an uh, alleged friend of the show, Benjamin Hoff. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest parts of uh, having done this show is the fact that I've able to had a few phone conversations with Mr. Hoff and found it to be just a, a wonderful human being. So now we're going to discuss his second book on Taoism, if I could find the book here, uh, called The Day of Piglet. Now, the Dao Poo came out in 1982 and was a worldwide massive success. And according to Mr. Hoff, he did not want to write a sequel. He was like, I've said I want to say about that. And he moved on to do bigger and different things. But then he got this nagging thing... Uh, that he had talked about the Tao, but he hadn't talked about the day or the Mm. duh. (laughs) And he found that in his first book, Winnie the Pooh was a fantastic example of a Taoist and how a Taoist sees the world. And then he realized that the the perfect example of the day, which I always say day instead of duh, I don't know, that's how I learned (laughs) it, Uh, is Piglet, who is the small animal who is kind of frightened and sensitive but in the end of the day it is piglet that always kind of evolves and ends up doing something by virtue by, with his own unique virtue and because piglet is a small animal he is still able to accomplish many things by applying the day which is virtue in action mm-hmm. so his own uniqueness which would some, someone at first kind of see as a fault or a flaw ends up uh, becoming something that saves the day and ends up becoming an advantage and that's a huge idea in Taoism that uh bigger is not necessarily better loud is not necessarily better than quiet mm-hmm. um that the 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 one side of the coin that we embrace in 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 the West is we should look at its opposite because it also has kind of equal value hmm so he uh so I've got some stuff here, oh and also I guess the the day of piglet is a bit different from the Tao of poo in that it it gets a little ranty like benjamin hoff kind of goes <laughs> off on political things and he goes off a lot about the about ecology which is great because when i first read this book i wasn't you know really an environmentalist or anything and uh, this kind of shook up a lot of ideas like that in me uh there's also some stuff that has not aged as well he kind of rants a little bit about feminists in mm-hmm. the book which now reading it now is a little kind of off-putting uh but oh but but you know you can't Kill a man's entire work for one little passage That's he wrote, true.
0: and as a product of its times,
1: exactly, well. exactly. Um, that, oh, this text. So I'm going to read a couple uh, things from it. Uh, there's a there's a point in the beginning of the book where he does a little overview on what Taoism is, and I always, even though you know people listening had a pretty strong grasp of it, it's always interesting seeing someone's take, and because Taoism is so f- huge and far reaching that we. You know, we have this whole show trying to figure out what the heck it's about. But uh, briefly, Taoism is a way of living in harmony with the Tao, the way of the universe, the character of which is revealed in the workings of the natural world. Taoism could either be called a philosophy or a religion or neither, since in its various forms it does not match up with Western ideas or definitions of either one. In China, Taoism is what might be called the counterbalance of Confucianism, the codified ritualistic teachings of Kung Fu Se, or Master Kei, Master Kung, better known in the West as Confucius. Although Confucianism is not a religion in the Western sense, it can be said to bear certain resemblance to puritanical Christianity in its man-centered, nature-ignoring outlook and its emphasis on rigid conformity and its authoritarian, no-nonsense attitude towards life. Confucian concerns itself, Confucianism concerns itself mostly with human relations, with social and political rules and hierarchies. Its major contributions have been in the areas of government, business, clan and family relations, and ancestor reverence. In contrast, Taoism primarily deals with the individual's relationship to the world. Taoism's contributions have been mostly scientific, artistic, and spiritual. From Taoism came Chinese science, medicine, gardening, landscape painting, and nature, and nature poetry. Its key principles are natural simplicity, effortless action, spontaneity, and compassion. The most easily noticed difference between Confucianism and Taoism is emotional, a difference in feeling. Confucianism is stern, regimented, patriarchal, often severe. Taoism is happy, gentle, childlike, and serene, like its favorite symbol, that of flowing water.
0: He does such a nice uh, overview there. D- yeah, of all the different uh, s- kind of philosophical traditions uh, at the time in China. Uh, mm mm-hmm. Nice job.
1: Yeah, it makes it all very kind of simple, and and, and I like the idea of how something feels is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, not just what the rules are and everything, but there's a mm-hmm. there's a greater kind of feeling that I got when I first started learning about Taoism. Um, and then I was also very attracted to it because it was kind of anti-authoritarian, and there was something kind of punk rock about (laughs) being a Taoist. And then, so he starts to get into, because this book is a lot about day, uh, the idea is day, it is instead a quality of of special character, spiritual strength, or hidden potential unique to the individual, something that comes from the inner nature of things, and something, we might add, that the individual who possesses it May not quite be aware of, as in the case with Piglet through most of the Pooh stories. In this book, we are concerned with the transformation of virtue into virtue that steps out. And Piglet, we believe, is the Pooh animal best suited to demonstrate the process, because in the Pooh stories, it is Piglet and only Piglet who undergoes such a transformation. Now, if you think about it, everybody listening, Dr. Carl Totten, Todd Perry included, there is something in you, there is a power in you that is massive that you don't know about. Right? Just you know, just think about that. Think about earlier when I was saying in the show it was like, what if I gave everything up and tried to do something that was the exact opposite of what I'm doing? Maybe I could be good at it. You know? Uh becoming a professional golfer. Maybe I could be a great golfer if I put my mind to it. Maybe there's this latent power in me that I don't know about. Or that we just for some reason haven't thought of or considered, or no one told us that we were special or, you know, anything. So, you know, it'd be great just to take a moment later in the day, write it down on a piece of paper, email yourself, and wonder what is that hidden potential in you, you know? Do you have this incredible amount of compassion that you can share with the world you didn't know about? Are you going to be a great singer? Are you a great artist that's just waiting to come out? You know, um, it'd be a shame to go through your whole life and Mm -hmm. not kind of realize that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of people finding their myriad passions. Uh-huh. You know, what turns you on? Yeah. What can what could you create that's actually in seed form probably already been created inside you but perhaps perhaps been neglected because you're doing what you quote should do. <laughs> mm-hmm. We know that Tao is the watercourse way as Alan Watts so yes. eloquently referred to it. And where does water flow?
1: But the path of least resistance. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. But I think that so often we've put up dams, right, to restrict where this creative flow of water energy goes, and therefore it's flowing down a narrow path. Mm -hmm. And if we can open that up and see what really aligns with our inner nature— then I think that we can really bear fruit in terms of contributing something really creative to the world.
1: Oh yeah, it's you know it's like it's that, it comes back to that line actually. I read a little bit earlier, which is when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be.
0: Yes, I I, I delivered the keynote address at the Taoist gathering in Oakland several years ago, and the topic was for well, the entire conference was being and becoming, mm-hmm. and my keynote address. Was titled that being, and becoming. Who are we, and who are we in the process of becoming? Yeah.
1: Now, do you have uh, do you have a recording of that? That kind of stuff would be great for us to ah. know, s- stick in the feed. You know,
0: I have uh, the my written speech. I don't think I don't know if it was recorded. We'll fake it. <laughs> we'll fake. it. I'll have to contact uh, Doctor uh, Doctor up in Oakland. And see. By the way, did you record that? I, that was pretty good what I said. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll, we'll fake it. We'll put in fake crowd noise, clapping Taoists. We'll fake it like the moon landing. But I do know? have my speech. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So it's funny, you know, who you are, you know, a lot could could be your what we define ourselves as sometimes can be the roadblocks to greater understanding in many ways. Some kind, of, you know, sometimes we cling to our identities like it's a positive thing yes. when. We, maybe we don't need them. Yes. Maybe we don't need to be anything, you know, which is a powerful thought, being that we cling to these identities, and this is who I am in the marketplace of ideas, and <laughs> here's where I stand, and this is my community and where I <laughs> belong in, and this is, you know, this is my role. Well, if it, maybe not.
0: Yeah, what did the Buddha say about attachment to things like that? But oh, yeah. particularly if these things, w- which in general is the case, are actually impermanent. <laughs> yeah. And by clinging to something that's actually impermanent, the outcome can only be suffering.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's also like uh, hanging on to vestigial elements of your personality you no longer need. Exactly. You know?
0: Exactly. Things that have a, you know, there's a time and a place for everything very often. And often things that had, a, there was a time and a period where that type of reaction or adaptation was appropriate. But that but those days may have long passed mm-hmm. years ago, and we're still clinging to it. Right. Because why? Out of habit. I always say to every client who comes to see me for therapy, session one, we are creatures of habit. <laughs> and yeah. unless you do something about changing your habits your mental habits your physical habits your emotional habits your relational habits your energetic habits if you don't change your habits in 10 years from now you're going to be exactly the same way you were 10 years ago and if that's not satisfying then maybe we should take a look at that
1: right like that's your pitch that's
0: That's my pitch yeah and i'm sticking to it
1: yeah uh and then, uh, and then in the book, uh, Benjamin Hoff starts getting into the, um, the kind of people that the Taoists exalt. It says Taoist sympathies were always with the underdog, with the outcasts and the unfortunate of, so, of so Chinese society, including those financially ruined by the tricks of corrupt merchants and officials, and forced to become brothers of the green woods, which are outlaws, and guests of rivers and lakes, which are vagabonds. Taoist mm-hmm. writers did with their communicative communicative... I can't read today. (laughs) Taoist writers did with their communicative skills what Taoist martial arts did with disarming moves and pressure points. Utilizing the vehicles of literary fact and fiction, they publicized the misdeeds of the powerful and ridiculed the devious and the arrogant and the pompous and the cruel. Wow. I think that's what we did on show 28. (laughs) 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 Um, Wow. Yes, but that's, that's that's always the... the, the Taoist attitude towards kind of undermining and you know pulling pulling the veil on the on the on the, the pompous and the, the those who want to enact control over us and uh, the, the emperor has no clothes that's right <laughs> in many ways Piglet may appear the most insignificant of the Pooh characters. Yet, he is the only one of them to change, to grow, to become more than he was in the first place. And in the end, he does this not by denying his smallness, but by applying it for the good of others. He accomplishes what he does without accumulating a large ego. Inside, he remains a very small animal, but a different kind of very small animal than he was before. Mm. So we all are kind of uh, piglets, in our own in our own way it's um, Try, trying to
0: find our uncarved blocks yes <laughs> and allow them to become to reveal the essence that's contained within because an uncarved block is open to anything
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: anything and uh, I think each of us is uh, analogous to an uncarved block because we have so many undiscovered potentials yes. And that, of course, is of course, one of the main uh, uh, aims of uh, meditation, mindfulness, and just quiet sitting and self-observation is allowing those streams, you know, to, to emerge and go forth. Mm-hmm. And then we just follow them. We just follow them and see where they lead.
1: Right. Okay? Yeah. It's like, um, yeah. You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Right. It's like being like water, right? Yeah. The
0: water course way. Yeah.
1: Yes. You know, I've thought that the interesting thing that you know, when you practice meditation, there are benefits obviously that aren't what you'd assume they'd be, and kind of gifts that you never thought you'd receive, which yes. is one of the joys of it. And I, I'm I was I, open to being surprised. <laughs> that's right. And I've found the weird one of the weird things is that meditation has taught me to be very um, fine with just sitting and doing nothing. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I'll just kind of sit and look out, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I can just sit and look out the window sometimes and not be bothered or not be kind of tense or bored. Or I can appreciate just the the nothingness, the no thoughts in my Mm -hmm. mind, just sitting in a a chair I really like and looking out the window or just looking around about the house. Just kind of what's happening around here. Let me be conscious of what's happening around me. Mm -hmm. Get out of my own way and just kind of be for a moment. And that's a weird thing that, meditation created in me you know yes. i've oh i'm i'm early somewhere i'll just sit here <laughs> you know so uh, there's a important chapter of the of this book where we they talk about things as they might be versus things as they actually are there's a big portion of this book which is like seeing the world um without asking you know how do i say this uh about seeing the world as it is without kind of projecting ourselves into it and kind of seeing the world through very honest eyes, mm-hmm. which is a big Taoist thing. Mm-hmm. Not looking at things ideological or how things are going to benefit you, but just trying to see things with kind of with a brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. And it says, To the Taoist, unhappiness is a result of being guided by illusions, such as the mistaken belief that man is something separate from the natural world. Problems, be they economical, ecological, or whatever, are caused by a failure to see what's there. Unpleasant feelings come from illusions. Fear from what might be, which hasn't happened yet. Sadness from what might have been, which is not necessarily what would have been, and so on. Piglets, living in fear of what's coming next, what can go wrong, what if I do something foolish and such, cannot enjoy and make the most out of the present moment. Later, they look back and realize that they didn't live it, and that realization makes them feel more inadequate than they already did. However, because of their sensitivities, their strong experience-filling and, and recalling memories, and their cautious, one-step-at-a-time natures, piglets, far more than eores and tiggers, rabbits and owls, have the ability to rise to the challenge and accomplish the most difficult tasks once interfering illusions have been cleared away. Mm. And again, the, we are all piglets, yes, as much as we, we may not know it, you know,
0: look within, find thine inner piglet, <laughs> 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 you know, which is that part of ourselves that's always willing to learn and to grow and to change, and that's uh that that's talking about the journey the, you know a life journey that 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 is a worthy journey for everybody's lifetime,
1: mm-hmm. In other words, modern man's difficulties, dangerous beliefs, and feelings of loneliness, spiritual emptiness, and personal weakness are caused by illusions about and separation from the natural world. Well, the Taoists told us this sort of mess would happen, and they told us what we could do about it. And then we kind of get towards that, towards the end of the book. A couple couple more little pieces I'll read here, and then we'll...
0: There's some gems in this book.
1: Oh, yeah. And so there's the next part of the book is things as they are. Taoism is not the the reject-the-physical-world way of living that some scholars would would have others believe. Even Lao Tzu, the most reclusive Taoist writers, wrote, Honor all under heaven as your body. To a Taoist, a reject-the-physical-world approach would be an extremist absurdity, impossible to live without dying. Instead, a Taoist might say, Carefully observe the natural laws and operation in the world around you, and live by them. From following them, you will learn the morality of modesty, moderation, compassion, and consideration, not just one society's rules and regulations. The wisdom of seeing things as they are, not merely of collecting facts without, about them. And in the happiness of being in harmony with the way which has nothing to do with self-righteous spiritual obsessions and fanaticism, and you'll live lightly, spontaneously, and mm. effortlessly. Mm. And uh, I guess that that's enough. If you want more, then you can read The Day of Piglet yourselves to everyone listening.
0: And for some reason right now, it comes to mind that old saying by Robert Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, where when he was running for president, he said, you know, some men look at things as they are and say, why? I look at things that never were and say, why not?
1: (laughs) That's great. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So that brings us to chapter 25 of the Tao Te Ching. Yes. Would you like to read it, Dr. Chapter
0: 25 (laughs) goes as follows something mysteriously formed born before heaven and earth in the silence and the void standing alone and unchanging ever present and in motion perhaps it is the mother of ten thousand things i don't know its name call it Tao, for lack of a better word i call it great being great it flows it flows far away having gone far it returns therefore Tao is great. Heaven is great. Earth is great. The king is also great. Uh These are the four great powers of the universe, and the king is one of them. Man follows earth. Earth follows heaven. Heaven follows the Tao. Tao follows what is natural.
1: Mm. Isn't
0: that beautiful? You know, it's been stated many times by... um, reviewers and authors and uh, uh, followers of, of uh, Taoist uh, writings and philosophy, that this is considered one of the greatest chapters in the Tao Te Ching, hmm. actually. Um, you know, it describes that which cannot be fully described as mysteriously formed.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: you know, Taoists always represent, always discuss a mystery, uh, understanding that we don't know it all. Mm-hmm. You know, therefore, it's waiting to be discovered, you know? right? And, which is exciting. He said it was, but we know it. It was born before heaven and earth. Uh, you know, it gave way, of course, to the ten thousand things, everything else mm-hmm. you know, that came into existence. It was referred to as Tao and it had the characteristics of greatness itself. Therefore, being great, it's a transcendent phenomenon that is characterized by movement and flow. It's expansive and returning to the source. It's not static, ever. As such, it is a natural part of nature itself. It embraces, all that it embraces shares its potentialities, its formless capacity for greatness. Tao, heaven, earth, the king or rulers are all part of the natural wholeness inherent within each. So therefore, I think it's incumbent of us To embrace our own higher natures, which are aligned with those of earth, heaven, heaven being you know the Taoist uh, uh, allegory of kind of the highest possibilities or potentialities.
1: Yeah, I I wrote a bit about what heaven means in here because it's not it's not how people (laughs) in the West say heaven. No,
0: no, the Tao itself. (laughs) By so doing, we can embody the fullness of who we are as beings at one with the Tao itself. We become that to which we are in. As I mentioned, we become that which we are in the process of becoming by owning it, taking responsibility for our own development, and allowing this fullness to express itself.
1: Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. A uh, listener named Carly uh, emailed us, and she w- she was she wanted to know what heaven meant in kind of from a Taoist perspective, because I, I think a, a large portion of our listeners I think come from like a Christian background Mm -hmm. and kind of want to know how these concepts kind of fit in, in like a a Christian perspective kind of thing. And I think the thing is I I kind of see them as Star Wars and Star Trek, right? (laughs) (laughs) These are different universes with different rules and and different laws. And it kind of does each one a disservice to, um, to cross apply a lot of terms. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> my buddy, he said he got so mad because George Takei did a voice on a Star Wars cartoon, and he's like, "I need my Star Wars and my Star Trek kept completely separate. <laughs> it screws it up when they, you know." Uh, but and so basically, I, I did a little bit of research on this, and what I, I wrote back was saying, from my understanding, the word heaven as it's used in the Dao- in Taoism is much different than the Christian concept. Christians view heaven as a place where God dwells and rules the earth below. It's also a perfect place where people, some of them, go after they pass away. In Taoism, it's more of a place in ether that's similar to Wayne Dyer's concept of the source. It's like a primordial staging area before things manifest into the reality which we exist. Mm -hmm. The place before the Big Bang, possibly. The term heaven is used to describe the concept in English because it's the closest translators could get to the, the concept which clearly proves the point that the Tao that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao. (laughs) Um, And so uh, there was a a Taoist website which kind of translates the the Chinese characters and says, the word heaven is not a nice word to use for sure because most people think of heaven as a place in the sky with gods and deities. The word in Chinese for the two terms is xin-tin and hao-tin, which you could really say before sky and after sky mm. is kind of what it means. Um, so, yeah, that's... Uh, when, so when we talk about heaven, I just kind of think of, like, source or, um, pr, you know, kind of deeper energy that kind of mm-hmm. lies beneath everything. Like, obviously, there was a, a Big Bang, and some people attribute that to some kind of energy that was around that then you know exploded and and, and things manifest materially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um don't quote me on that i'm not a cosmologist <laughs> um and so that is kind of how i see the concept of heaven is that fair mhm
0: and even uh, you know sometimes i sometimes even quote talk about christianity jesus christ himself you know when 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 he was discussing the kingdom of heaven he said it was within mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. Now that's that's getting very Taoist in a sense, Yeah. you know, because there's this place within, within we call the sacred space of the heart, Mm -hmm. where there is unity, consciousness, and all potentialities, everything that was, everything that ever will be, everything that was there before there was anything, again, this transcendent space contained within, reflected without, And remember, as above, so below. Mm -hmm. As within, so without. Yeah, that powerful statement from Hermes of Greece a couple of thousand years ago is, I think, some of the most profound words ever spoken on planet Earth. And very Taoist. Yes. (laughs) Very Taoist. Great minds think alike. (laughs) Oh. I I do have, by the way, I do have a little exercise to kind of practice. I have an exercise to help our listeners practice some of these uh, uh, skills and ways of thinking. So uh, think of your life as a river flowing towards and returning to its ultimate source. So in your minds, in your consciousness, become a mighty river flowing towards the even larger ocean from which it originated. As our stream embraces the vastness of the sea, feel and experience what that vastness feels like to you. What physical, mental, emotional, and energetic experiences can you notice and embrace by aligning yourself with it all? Become the one who is the all. See it, feel it, taste it, touch it. Be all now similar to the title of that great book by Ram Dass right be here now
1: yes yes be
0: all now and if you felt yourself expanding to embrace and become the all what is that like for you Mm -hmm. just sit with that for a while and see where it takes you